Mark 10 and 17. And when he was gone into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not and honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Isn't that a beautiful statement? Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Before I'm done today, you're going to see that we've all stood in the place of this man. And Jesus has looked at us and loved us. But Jesus said unto him, there's one thing that you lack. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast. Give to the poor. and Thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. He was sad at that saying. He went away grieved for he had great possessions. You know, he asked the question, but sometimes we don't like the answer, do we? Jesus looked round about and said to the disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? The disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches? It's one thing to have riches. It's another thing to trust in riches. If you, The word trust there means to rely on or to be pacified by. And so he said, How hard it is for them that rely on their riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Today, I want to preach to you for just a few moments on this thought. Love is greater than lack. Love is greater than lack. Let's pray together before the lesson today. Lord, we thank you for your presence that we feel this morning. And Lord, we believe you have come into this place to touch our minds and our hearts and to change our lives. Lord, you see us today and you love us. Lord, I pray today that we'll respond to that love. We'll respond to that call, to that knock at the door, that today, God, we will hold nothing back. But Lord, we will take up the cross and follow you. Lord, we thank you for this great love today. Bless everything that's done now in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give him a hand clap of praise before you're seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. God bless you this morning. I tell you, that's my favorite verse in this passage is verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, said unto him. So before Jesus ever addresses you lack something, the scripture lets us know he loves you. And I'm going to tell you that his love is greater than your lack. Hello? You know, early, usually most of us, even if we didn't grow up in church, sometime as a child we most likely heard, Jesus loves me, this I know. Or the Bible tells me so. 
And that's true because the Bible does tell us so. In Jeremiah 31 and 3, the Lord spoke to his people, said, The Lord has appeared unto, uh, of old unto me, saying, Yeah, I loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So he, we think many times God is drawing us because he's angry at us or he's upset with us or he's put out with us, but he said, it's because I love you so much that I call to you in that dark place. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. Well, there's all kind of people in the world. But he loved them all that he gave his only begotten son. In 1 John 4 and 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us. And so the phrase, Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves you has been around a long time. It's been marketed and, and printed and worn and posted more times than any, I believe, any computer could count. But I think that people misunderstand something about his love, and that is that it is truly unconditional. His love is greater than your lack. His love is there despite the lack. That might even be a better way of saying that. The old song says that the Lord looked past my faults and he saw my need. We used to sing with the choir at Easter, it wasn't the nails that held him there, but it was his love that held him to the cross. This young man has asked this question. I wondered, why did he ask the question? Why did he want to know, you know, why... Did he even have the question in his mind? Because today people are so just sure, oh, I'm going to heaven. But this young guy, knowing that he had done commandments and kept commandments and done, been a church boy from his youth, he still felt like something's missing in me. And so, Master, what do I got to do to go to heaven? What do I have to do to have eternal life? The phrase, all these I have observed, Jesus told him, said, you know the commandments. He said, well, I've done all this. All of these I have observed. It's funny how sometimes when we come to the Lord, we want to present him with everything we've done, thinking that makes him love us a little bit more. But that wasn't why Jesus loved him. Jesus loved this young man before he was ever old enough to understand or even obey a commandment. But even further than that, when he looked at him it says, you lack something, but we, all, we find out before that, I love you. I don't know what it's going to look like to see Jesus in person or in whatever form we're in at that time. Won't be in person, I guess. Uh, won't be in the flesh. But, but when you finally see him and you look at his face and see that look of love on your Savior's face, I don't know what this guy, what it did to him when he saw that look that Jesus gave him. But Jesus wanted him to know it's not because of what you've done since a child that I love you. I'm sure that the Lord loves when we do right. He wants us to do right. He wants us to keep his commandments. But that's not the reason that he loves us. He had told his people through Moses in Deuteronomy. Moses told the people, he said, the Lord did not set his love on you because you were the most people. 
He said, because you were the fewest of all people. You were the smallest number. You were the refused. You were the outcast. You were across the tracks. But God loved you and believed in you, and he would promise you and be faithful to his promise. I need you to hear me today that, that God has not set his love on you because of what you can offer him. He loves you because of who you are. He loves you where you are. He loves you, he loves you in spite of where you are, in spite of what you've done. His love is greater than your lack. Why did he ask the question? He had to be feeling. Do you remember trying to do everything you can to be right, but something's missing? It's because God made us in his image and God breathed into man and he became a living soul. And when man fell in the garden, something left him. There was a place left inside of him uh, that only God could fill. And no matter how many commandments we could keep until we meet him, until we hear from Jesus himself, what's it going to take? Until we realize that he's going to speak to us. Let me tell you, somewhere in the middle of your lack, somewhere in the middle of the place where you can't figure out what to do, there's a word waiting to come and tell you this is what it will take. This is what it's going to take for you to have eternal life. And let me tell you, the answer is always greater than the question. He wanted to know what do I have to do and he, he didn't like the answer that he got but the answer was what he needed and you and I may not like the answer we get sometimes. We've come, become so ingrained and conformed to the, the condition of our birth and of our raising but sometimes we just have to realize this is not working out and there's something going on. I've tried this and I've tried that but nothing is satisfying what's going on inside of me. Friend, you and I need an encounter with Jesus. And we need to be more than just have a few little chill bumps. It needs to be more than just coming because a friend invited me. You and I need to hear what Jesus is saying to us today. He's trying to address where you lack. The Bible says we are complete in him. He has a mission. I want you to be complete, but it will only be in me. So don't be upset with Jesus when he uh, doesn't uh, just say, hey, I'll give you a pass because of all of your accomplishments, all the things you've done. I'm here to address what you need. And he knew that this young man relied on his riches. He knew he trusted in his riches. It wasn't just that he had them. It was his life. It was his identity. It was his security net is what he thought would keep him forever. And he could not imagine that what Jesus was offering would be better. But I tell you today uh, that there is nothing that you're holding on to. There's nothing that you're involved in that will ever equal what Jesus has got for you. What would it gain a man or what would it profit a man if he would gain the whole world but then lose his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What are we selling out to today? Oh, this man, no more. I'm sure when he walked up to Jesus that day, he had a little skip going with him because he knew I've got my background, I've got my pedigree, I've done all these things, and I'm rich. But on that day, Jesus addressed him and he said he went away sad for he had great possessions. His riches did not keep him happy. You hear what I'm saying right now? 
When you turn from Jesus, whatever made you happy before will leave a sour taste in your mouth. You'll never be able to look at those riches the same again. You'll never go and enjoy them again. But once you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, once you've heard the answer that you need, once you've been in his presence and heard what it takes and you turn your back and walk away, honey, I'm telling you, those things that you were reveling in will do you no good you'll never be able to find satisfaction in it again because that love is greater than what you lack. And God is trying to talk to us today and let us know it doesn't mean we're not his children. Even children uh, lack. And that's why we teach them and that's why we tell them they lack understanding, they, they, they lack the know-how to do things, so we instruct them. And the master of it all was telling them, you're doing good. I see you. As a matter of fact, the word, the phrase beholding him means to discern clearly. Oh, don't you know that Jesus sees you clearly? When he come walking up with his list of all the things that he had done, when he came walking up with his pockets full of riches, uh, Jesus still saw the hole in his heart. He still saw the place where he was lacking. Jesus saw him clearly. You can't fool him. You might fool everybody in the room, but you can't fool him. You can lift your hands. You can holler and shout, but you can't fool God. And God sees us when we walk into this house. And when we gather in his name, you better just know the x-ray machine's on. God's looking at you. And he sees what's in your heart. And he sees what's in your mind. And he sees what your intent is. And he knows today when we come in, I've got what you need. I've got what you need. You're my child. You've been praying. You've been fasting. But you still need something. And I've got it. But don't come in here acting like you everything in a bag of chips. Don't come in here acting like you got it all together and you don't need nothing. Because, honey, we all need something. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means we all need something. There's somewhere that we're trying to get better. Even Paul said, as much as I'm reaching forth, I haven't attained but I keep moving forward. I keep going to Jesus. What else do I need? What else have I got to have? Lord, I know there's something. I have never reached the point where I thought, well, I don't have to pray anymore because, hey, I'm good. I don't have to go to church no more because, hey, I'm good. I don't need to study no more because, hey, I'm good. Hey, I'll just sit back and, and put loafers on and wait for heaven. It don't happen like that. Every day I wake up, I realize my humanity. And every day I wake up, I realize I'm still in this body of flesh and there's a war going on in my members. And I realize, God, if you don't help me, how am I going to get out of this? And God, I'm sorry for what I said or what I thought or what I did or how I acted. And Lord, forgive me. Why would I ever have to pray, Father, forgive me of my trespasses if I didn't lack in some area? And you say, well, we can't admit that. Why? His love is greater than your lack. Where sin abounds, his grace does that much more abound. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I stumbled. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I fell. But get up because the love of God is trying to pull you out of the pit. He didn't want this man to die with a list of things he had done. He said, take up the cross and follow me. I see you clearly. I see your fine robe. I see all your pedigree. I know everything you've done. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb but I also see the hole in your life. I see what you really need. 
Oh, will you let him look at you today? Oh, God's turning the spotlight on. We used to sing it, Lord, search my heart. Turn the spotlight on. Sweep the corners of my heart. Find anything. Oh, if it's not like you, God, get it out. David said, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me because I failed. Something's lacking, God, so I need you to renew me. Restore the joy of your salvation. I don't want to be lost. And I won't want to uh, uh, die not with a, un, uh, oh, it's a tragedy of unrealized love when people die without him. Because nobody can ever say God didn't love me. Nobody can ever say that Jesus don't love me. The tragedy is unrealized love. Oh, I tell you, my life would be a lot different. If I'd never told her I love her, if I'd never took the chance to find out that she loved me, knowing she did. But what if I'd never, what if I'd never said, oh no, I can't do that, I can't approach that. And I would have missed out on so much unrealized love. And people are missing out on what God's got because they don't realize that his love really is unconditional. It's not based on what we've done up to this point in our life or what we have not done up to this point in our life. It's simply his love. And he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. So he says, uh, you know, this man, I, I have to think that he asked the question because even though he had done all these things and even though he had had all these riches, he still felt like uh, I've been weighed in the balance and I've been found lacking. It just don't add up. It don't measure up. There's still something that I've got to have. He knew he lacked. He just didn't know what he lacked. And that's the problem with people today is they know that something's missing and they're trying everything else to fill it. Oh, they're relying on their relationships. They're relying on alcohol and drugs and, and social media and entertainment and, and maybe even money in the bank. They, 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 they just relying on everything else to be their identity, not realizing that we were created in his image, that he loves them so much. And they don't realize that if they would just turn to him, if they would just come to him and then listen to what he's saying. He said, you lackest one thing. The word there means to be inferior, to fall short, to be deficient, come up short, be destitute, to fall, suffer need, to be without, incomplete. So Jesus told him, you're inferior, you've fallen short, you're deficient, you come up short, you're destitute, you'll fall, you'll suffer need, you'll be without, you're incomplete, but I still love you. Did that hit anybody? You've looked in the mirror and said, you're a failure. You'll never make it. You're no good. You don't add up. You come up short. You're not good enough. You've come with all these things and God is looking at you saying, yeah, 
and I still love you. Because the love I have for you is greater than the lack uh, that you have in your life. You may lack uh, ability right now. You may lack strength right now. That's why the scripture says when we were, were without strength, he died for us. When you didn't have the strength, he died for you. He made a way so you could be there. In Psalm 39 and 5, it says, uh, Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. You're never going to be good enough in your own actions and in your own, your own self. You can have all the right clothes. You can have all the right uh, look. You can have all the right things. You can be doing all the right stuff. But until you come to him and until you let him see you as you are, until you acknowledge, hey, I'm missing a few pieces of the puzzle, Lord, until you come to him and realize that he loves you, you're always going to be walking away sad. You're always going to be wondering, why don't I have that joy? But you won't get that joy until you answer the door. You won't get that joy until you take up the cross. People say, I don't know about taking, taking up that cross. He said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Let me tell you, there's some joy in carrying the cross. It's joy unspeakable. You can't describe it. I can't tell you why uh, I'm making these sacrifices and, and my life is different and I'm having to do this or not do that, but I've got more joy in my life than I've ever had. Oh, I don't go where I used to go, but I feel better. I don't hang out with who I used to hang out with, but I'm doing better. I don't, I don't enjoy what I used to enjoy, but somehow I'm feeling better. People talk about me, but I feel better. People don't understand what I'm doing, but I still feel better because it's a joy that comes from the Lord. Oh, watch you lift your hands for a moment. Just love him. The Holy Ghost is speaking right now. That's it. Somebody's hearing it. Somebody's hearing it right now. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give me a few more minutes here. Uh, listen, God knows. He knows you today. He knows me today. And at our best, we still lack. We still feel inferior. Pastor, really? Oh, I told somebody the other day, I said, you don't know how many times I walk out of this pulpit thinking, I knew the Lord made a mistake. They don't, I know they don't want to hear me no more. I'm sure they're done with me. Good grief. Did I just start preaching? What happened? You know, I mean, I believe me. Do I even know the Bible? I mean, come on. I, I have walked out of here and I have felt inferior. I have felt like I have fallen short and been deficient. I've, I've fallen on my face. I've suffered need. I feel incomplete many times. It's not that anything is, nobody's doing anything wrong to me or things. It's not that. It's just I know that I will continue to keep growing in him. That God will be continually molding me and shaping me to make me what he wants me to be. And so when I realized that I am flesh and blood just as he knows my frame that it's dust, I know that I still have a war happening. I know that my flesh will always fight me because the flesh is enmity with God. It, it don't want to obey God. It don't want to listen to God. And I've got to get it under subjection. 
so I can continue to move forward and do what God wants me to do. But today, I need you to hear me, precious, precious people. None of those things, feeling inferior, falling short, suffering need, being incomplete, that does not stop God from loving you. And it does not disqualify you from that amazing, unconditional love of God. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 6, for when we were yet without strength, in other words, when we lacked strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He knew what we needed and he showed up in due time. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die and yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commends his love toward us. It's coming to you. He said he commends it toward us. It's about to run you over. You can't get away from it. You, can't, you cannot come into this world and breathe breath and the love of God right there on you. He loves you before you were formed in the womb. He loves you. And God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we lacked holiness and righteousness and goodness, when we lacked all those things, Christ died for us. He didn't die for us because we had everything. He died for us because we didn't have nothing. Because without him, we can do nothing. And so we need him. And you need to know today that Jesus loves you. His love is greater than your lack. Quit measuring yourself by somebody else. Quit measuring yourself by people on social media. Stop comparing yourself to other people. My God, probably over half of what you see on social media ain't even true. It's what people want you to see. Just like that man came to Jesus. This is what I want him to see. But it said Jesus discerned him clearly. I, I, see, I see your mask and I see behind the mask. I see the act and I see behind the act. And I love you, but you lack something. And so let me tell you, God loves, let's, let's get it first. Understand God loves you despite what you lack. He loves you despite the good show you put on. Oh, come on. We don't want nobody. You know, all these other people around, his disciples hanging out, people, he, this, this cat, he don't want nobody to think something's wrong with him. He don't come in there dragging. Good master. What must I do? Like, instead of saying, what must we do? Or It's all about me. What must I do that I may have eternal life? Well, you, you know the commandment. Oh, I've done all that. <laughs> yeah, but one thing you lack. He wasn't laughing no more. But you know that you don't have to be down on that guy because we've all been that guy. We've all been that guy. Oh, every, uh, uh, we, we, we post about, about, about what we did in church. We post about, uh, you know, we, every little victory we get, we share it so people think that we're always walking in victory. Oh, man, they always post it about, you know, they think that's who you are all the time, and that's just, it gets you through to another day. But when you learn to realize that Jesus loves me, 
The Bible says, be content with such things as I have because he has said, I'll never leave you. And so I'm content. I'm not complacent, but I am content knowing that I am continually growing in him because I'm supposed to grow in grace and knowledge of my Savior. And I know that I'm not complete yet. I, I can be like Paul and say, I, I hadn't attained, but I'm still pressing forward. I'm still reaching for the prize. I'm still moving in the right direction. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to, you know, stop being and going to church just because I hadn't quite got to where everybody else is at. Oh, I'm not at their level yet, so I just won't even go because you, know, you feel like a B-team player on the varsity squad. Well, let me tell you something. When we was in school, they used to take guys that were real good on the B team and let them line up with the varsity. Just because you're on the B team don't mean you ain't headed toward varsity. Sometimes it's just you're too young. <laughs> it ain't time yet. Sometimes it's just not there yet. You'll get there, but you'll never get there if you quit. And it's such a shame that people quit because they think that God's love is not great enough to make up for where they lack. Oh, come on. You hear me? That people think, man, I know God loves everybody, but, but, but what? But what? So, somebody's got to make me realize, understand, change, you know, that little, pick, that little meme with the guy sitting behind the table changed my mind. <laughs> changed my mind. Tell me that you've done something so bad that God don't love you. And I'll tell you, you're wrong. And I'll, pro I'll prove it to you. I'll show you that you're wrong because God does love you and God does care about you and God wants you to know that it, despite where you've been and what you've done, despite your lack, he still loves you. The woman at the well in John chapter 4, five husbands and a sixth man that was not her husband. And Jesus knew every bit of that and still offers her living water. He knew her, discerned her, knew all about her, loved her, and said, if you knew who I was... If you just knew the gift of God and who it was that it said to you, you'd be asking me for living water. People just don't realize who's sitting right in front of them, who's talking to them, who's got the best offer on the table. He offered her living water. Jesus sat at house at supper, and a woman that was a sinner came in, and he knew she was a sinner. And yet he allowed her to wash his feet with her tears because his love is greater than her lack. And by ourselves, we are incomplete. We look at what we don't have. We excuse ourselves from this life-changing love because of it. We try to pack our lives with all the things that will make us acceptable, but Jesus wants you just as you are. He will give you what you need to be complete. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 4 and 5, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ and by grace you are saved. So I'll say it again. You don't have anything that'll fit that God-shaped hole in your life. The things of this world will never, ever be able to fill it up. Proverbs warned us in Proverbs 30, warned us, said, you be careful about getting too full because if you get full on the things of this world, you'll deny the Lord and say, who is the Lord? I don't want to get to a place where I'm so full of the things of this world that I go, who is the Lord? I don't want to uh, 
be living in this world not realizing the love that God has for me. That woman at the well was told, if you keep drinking this water, if you keep coming to this well, you'll always thirst, but you need the living water. In Colossians 2 and 10, Paul wrote to the church, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You're only going to be complete in him because in him you live, move, and have your being. Yeah. Your life, he said, is hid in Christ. And Jesus himself made the statement, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He loves us, church, but he does not force us to love him. If we love him, we will keep his words and his commandments. The ruler asked the question. He was given an answer. But he trusted in his riches more than the words of the one that he called master. He didn't realize that what he, what he would gain, he only recognized his loss. If, if you have problem giving up anything for the Lord, that's a sure bet sign you should give it up. If there's anything you couldn't lay down for Jesus, that's a sure sign you need to cut and run. Get that stuff out of your life. This guy could only, he couldn't even see. Jesus told him, said, take up the cross, follow me, and you'll have eternal life. Mm. How, how do you even pause to weigh that out? But it said he went away sad because all he could think was, oh, I want to see all these poor people with my stuff. He told him, he said, take your stuff and sell it, distribute it to the poor, and I want to see other people, and then I won't be standing out in the crowd no more. I'll, I won't have nothing. I'll be like they were. I'll be poor. Well, I'd rather be poor with the cross on my back. Hello. Because one day, there's a mansion waiting. There's a street paved with gold. <laughs> Uh, there's a new city where we're going to live one, one day. <laughs> All that stuff won't matter. Listen, and you can come to the music, darling, this morning. Jesus is knocking. Can you hear him? Why, don't, why do we not answer? Is it because we lack? Or we're afraid to answer, to open the door because we don't have it all together? I'm not as good as everybody else. I, I'm, you know, I'm deficient. I'm incomplete. Why don't we answer the door? Are we afraid of what he might ask of us? But I'm telling you today that the only answer is from him. Jesus is knocking. Stand with me this morning. Jesus is knocking. I want you to stand and just close your eyes for a moment. I want you to just stand and close your eyes for just a moment. Just listen. Jesus is knocking. Ask yourself, why? Don't I open the door? Why won't I open the door? Jesus is knocking. 
What does he want to do? He said, I want to come in and sup with you. I want to come in and fellowship with you. I want to come in and hear what you've got to say. I want to come in and spend time with you. I want to be part of your life. I want to be your life. But we don't answer. But if he can see through us, he can see through the door. And he knows if you're hiding behind the couch or just trying to be quiet, pretending you didn't hear it, but he knows you heard it. His love is greater than whatever it is you lack. And if we would just be willing, the Bible says if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. Paul said to the church in 2 Corinthians 8 and 12, for if there be first a willing mind, the Lord said, if I can just find somebody that's willing to not try to beef up their resume, not try to put on any kind of airs and act like there's something, if I can just find somebody in any condition that's just willing take what I'm offering I'll accept it I'll accept according to what that person has and I won't be worried about what they don't have you see God accepts you for who you are it's unconditional he accepts you no matter how much you try to belittle what you have that's all he wants you try to degrade what you have but that's all he wants try to talk down what you have and throw a bad image on what you have but that's all he wants I just want what you have I want you just like you are right where you are I love you just like you are I used to hear hear your dad say all the time God loves you just like you are but he loves you too much to leave you that way I think the first time I ever heard that statement, your daddy was preaching. Brother Fuller was a great man. And I'm going to tell you today, I know what I'm talking about, so don't think I don't know. Because I remember where Jesus found me. And I promise you, I didn't have nothing to offer. I just believed him. That he loved me. I just brought it. It's poor as it was I brought it and gave it to him exchanged it beauty for ashes it was wonderful and it still is while she's playing this morning I'm going to open the altar give you a chance to come to open the door to take up the cross to lay aside every weight and sin run this race I'm going to give you a chance to come today and realize that his love is greater than your lack while she's playing would you come and pray this morning and let the Lord change your life today answer him answer him don't let your ministry die because you think you lack something Paul kept ministering with thorns in his side because God's grace was sufficient. Don't give up because you feel like you ain't got it all together. Your life's a wreck. Everything's out of control. 
That's just the kind of stuff Jesus works well with. Let's pray.